0: So I don't know if like, you know, at 17 or 18, if every 17 or 18 year old is could have been in a could have been in the right place to meet them or even just weigh the decision to meet them.
1: being joined by uh, Ellie's husband, Will, Um, so we know far less about his adoption story, so we're going to talk to him a little bit as well. Um, So, Will, thank you for joining us this evening. Do you want to just kind of start by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, how old you were when you were adopted, and how old you are now, if you're cool with that?
0: Sure. I was adopted at birth um as an infant I think like both of you um I grew up in uh Wanakee Wisconsin um I was the elder, you know I am I was the first child of my parents uh Martha and Eric and then they adopted a younger sister five years down the road uh whose name is uh Katie uh I li- I lived in the same house pretty much my whole life. I mean, not literally my whole life, except when it was being built when I was a baby. And um, I eventually ended up in Minnesota to co- for school. I went to the University of Minnesota. And I studied theater arts there and, you know, I was never, I was never planning to be here long term or like in the Midwest forever. But, you know, I've been in Minnesota almost 10 years at this point And, you know, I, I, st- part of me, is, oh. part of me still really wants to get out to somewhere warmer, but, you know, part of me is, you know, feeling that the roots are starting to go down. So.
1: So, um, just with like the, you said you were adopted, um, as an infant, do you know how, like, was it within days or do you know if it like for us, it was both like about three months after we were born.
0: Um, I guess I don't know 100% the logistics of when I actually ended up in my parents' possession. I know. I know there was a period I was with the foster family while they were working out the legal stuff. Um, My parents did have a, you know, they did seek out and have a relationship with my birth mom before. And, like, they knew her family and stuff. And it was a, you know, I think the legal term of it was a open adoption so I got birthday cards from my adopted mother once I was kind of old enough to understand what was happening. Um, and I did eventually meet both of my birth parents kind of later um, in my late teens. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty traditional structured adoption overall. Um, and my, my sister was a very similar situation, obviously different family.
2: And do you know were your parents uh, like your bio parents just younger or was there a reason why Yeah so why my the, they both of my adoption? birth parents
0: were in high school when they got um um you know when they got pregnant um, they were pretty mm-hmm. you know they they were from they were from Missouri and in a pretty evangelical conservative town so I don't think anything other than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bringing a child to term was ever even considered an option, mm-hmm. um, you know, either you know, either by political sure. pressure of the town or just actual like, you know, that that was their opinion in their house, you know, themselves, um, you know. And so, you know, my mom, my parents found them through an agency and, you know, formed a relationship with Leela over the course of her pregnancy and eventually adopted me.
2: Okay. So that's kind of cool that they were kind of part of that journey of her, mm-hmm. you know, whole pregnancy mm-hmm. in a sense.
0: You know, and they don't, yeah, my parents, my birth, or I guess my adopted parents, they don't talk about it a lot, but, you know, they had been through a very long process of trying to conceive themselves and they looked into mm-hmm. IVF. In the time, you know, IVF in the early '90s was not a cheap, crazy. It was a very expensive yeah. thing and not very great. Mm-hmm. But you know, back then it wasn't an option, or they didn't want to take on the risks, and so they eventually went that route. Um, I can't remember if it was with me or my sister. But I do know there was at least a couple of times that, you know, they had gone through this interview process, met a birth mom. And then, you know, at the day of, you know, the birth, the mom had basically, you know, had her kid and decided she couldn't give it up, which was, you know, a very traumatic experience for them, I can assume. So,
2: yeah. Wow.
0: No, but both me and my sister were, um, you know, they were high school teenage pregnancies.
1: Okay, and so you mentioned it um, was—so you have your parents and then your sister. So, like, um, I don't know, like, talk about, like, your family a little bit. Like, what's your—what do your parents do? Um, And you said your sister's five years younger than you?
0: Correct. Um, So my parents, um, you know, my mom—my mom is a CPA, um, and, you know, I— You know, I really cherish my relationship um, with my mother. She's a very strong, powerful woman who raised me with some very strong, you know, feminist values. You know, she worked and, you know, she's been an accountant most of her life. And, you know, she was pretty much one of the first women in her position, you know, at every company she was in throughout her entire career. And, you know, you know, went through a lot of trouble and nonsense to, you know, get to, you know, a partnership status and ownership in, you know, the last couple of firms she's been with or whatnot. So, you know, she's definitely, you know, she's definitely someone I look up to and is a hero. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of strong values from her. Um, my dad mm-hmm. actually, um... You know he he was a corporate product manager. Um, his biggest career claim to fame, is he worked at Oscar Mayer for very many years, and um, Lunchables was actually the they launched Lunchables under his brand, and he was the first brand manager of Lunchables.
2: Oh how fun! Um, <laughs> I love Lunchables. <laughs> I knew that was coming from Erica. <laughs> <laughs> A pizza kind they can never go wrong
0: um but yeah actually you know around the time around the time we had my um you know my sister joined the family he actually took a paternity leave and decided to focus on you know just being a stay at home parent for a while Which in, you know, the early to mid 90s in our very conservative white rich town was a pretty radical thing. And, you know, I think he learned pretty quickly that a lot of friendships and relationships, both, you know, personally and professionally, you know, those weren't the same type of relationships he thought he had when he kind of, you know, did, you know, leave the workforce Mm -hmm. for a while. He eventually, you know, he eventually never seriously after that went back to the workforce. He actually formed um, his own kind of consult, you know, marketing consulting firm. And one of the things he always used to say to me as a kid is, you know, when when in our circles when someone doesn't have a job or doesn't do anything, they say they're a consultant or a marketing consultant, you know, but he actually did own and run a very successful business for, you know, the late half of the nineties up until the financial crisis in 2008, Mm. basically just kind of working the relationships and the network he had built in the professional corporate world before that. Um, but you know, from, you know, from the financial crisis to, you know, probably five or six years after most of the consulting work had just kind of driven up because of changes in the economy or whatnot. And so, you know, he he's officially retired and has been that way for, you know, probably 10 years, at least at this point.
2: Nice. Um, All right. Well, it sounds like you have a really strong family bond, which is awesome. You know, Both parents that you can look up to and got good traits from, so I love that. Even doing something that isn't, you know, normal for him to be a stay-at-home dad, I like that he just, you know, did that. I mean, that's that's a bold move for people just do something different. So jumping back to your birth parents, so you met them. You said you were a teenager at that point? So
0: I, you know, it was kind of always an open question or an opportunity that, um, you know, my parents kind of wanted, you know, to leave open or facilitate for me that we could kind of go and, you know, meet, you know, meet our people, so to speak, if we wanted to. And I think Mm -hmm. leading up to actually meeting them, you know, social media and Facebook was kind of starting to come out. And so, you know, we had, we had had, you know, we were, there were the birthday cards and then there were maybe some other letters kind of exchanged. And we eventually got to a place that, you know, we were on each other's Facebook um, kind of whatnot. You know, and so I decided that I did want to, you know, meet them. And I think, you know, what I decided is, you know, I we should meet at a place that's kind of neutral territory for not anyone. I felt really – I definitely felt really uncomfortable, like, going to them, to their house. And I thought mm-hmm. it would be pretty weird and awkward for them to come to, you know, my family home. I'm like, hey, this is, like, my real family, but I know you're, like – My birth family or whatever. And so, um, you know, what we – what I ended up deciding to do is, you know, for – you know, we all met in Minneapolis up here right after kind of my college orientation – or not orientation, registration or – Maybe whatever whatever you do in the summer before you actually like move to college and start classes, you know, there's like a two or three days you go to school for in the middle of June. We basically just made that like a five day week, and we kind of met in you know, we met in Minneapolis, you know, had a couple, you know, went out, had a couple meals, like kind of met each other. Um, I think at or near. That event, you know, I've been I've been pretty mixed to passive about the idea of kind of wanting to have a relationship with those individuals. I was not an adopted kid that you know felt the strong need to find these people or anything like that. And you know, so I think you know meeting them, it was kind of you know it, it definitely was something I'm really glad I did. It was definitely like really important for them. I think, But at the end, you know, after that meeting, I was kind of I felt pretty compelled or interested that, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm kind of good on this. I don't need to keep maintaining whatever. Um, I think part of the you know, I think part of the problems was, you know, we're we're really clearly just very different people. You know, mm-hmm. they you know, obviously mm-hmm. my two birth parents didn't end up together. And my birth father ended up bringing his wife and, you know, he, you know, he, he was a very, you know, he was a very conservative evangelical man who did not leave the small town. He was from, you know, married his wife and he drove the school bus and that was kind of his life, you know? And, you know, my, my birth mom had, had has had quite a, you know, quite an interesting kind of storied life you know, soon after she had me, instead of going to college, she joined the military. In the military, she got pregnant with, you know, another kid that ended up getting adopted out. Oh, my um, god As well. Also, I guess also around the same time, um, my, you know, that half brother, right when I added, you know, my birth mom um, on Facebook, he added me. And he was, like, really committed to the idea of, you know... You're my other brother and like we're gonna have a relationship and I'm like, no, sorry, mm. dude. I you know, I don't know you.
2: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a mixed feeling of kind of wanting that closure but yet wanting some answers. I can totally understand the, kind of the perspective you were talking sure. about. Well, with I mean that. I
0: think the hardest I think the hardest thing for me. Too, is, you know, I was talking about these, you know, strong, you know, feminist values that I, you know, was raised into and, you know. hmm And just, like, you know, even on Facebook and, like, knowing just kind of the the general vantage you have of just having someone that you're connected to on social media and kind of seeing their life vaguely from afar, it was really, you know... It was really clear and apparent to me that me as an event for, Leel, you know, Leela specifically, completely derailed, like, a really promising life. And, you know, she, you know, she... And she's kind of... She went down a very different path and had a lot of, you know, hardships and roads you know in that life because, you know, she decided mm-hmm. to carry that, you know, to term and, like, decided to carry me to term. And, you know, I think... You know, if I were to switch, you know, if I were to switch those perspectives, I really don't know if I would have made the same decisions that, you know, she had. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know if necessarily if that like weighed on me, not necessarily wanting to continue a relationship or whatever. But, you know, that's definitely something I've like thought about a lot.
2: Sure. Does she still try to reach out to you then, or did you kind of cut all contact with them?
0: I mean, we're, you know, we're on Facebook as much as I'm on actually Facebook. You know, I've I've kind of gotten, tried to get out of social media, but, you know, not too much. I think, mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we we have very different perspectives and values on pretty much everything. And, you mm-hmm. know... It's been an incredibly toxic and straining time to be, you know, active on social media Mm -hmm.
2: if you have,
0: you know, strongly differing views. And so I'm pretty sure that pretty much buried any kind of idea (laughs) that uh, me and these two other people were ever going to kind of, you know, meet in the middle or talk about anything, Mm -hmm. which, you know, and I I don't really, you know. And again, not really no hard, no skin off my back. I don't I don't feel bad about that at all.
1: Um. So going back to just kind of what I briefly just mentioned about, like, how things affect you, how do you think your adoption, if at all, has affected your mental health?
0: Um. You know, it's I think that's a really hard question. I think that's a really complicated question for me to unpack. Sure kind of personally, um, I think I am someone who is, you know, I am, you know, I am a clinically depressed person and predisposed to that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, for complicate, you know, I also grew up, you know, you know, we, we definitely highlighted all of the positive parts of the adopted family that I've had. And, you know, I have a tremendous love and respect for my parents and, you know, the choices they made and the sacrifices they made to, you know, raise us. And, you know, I think I've really turned out the way I have because of them and their guidance and leadership as well. Mm -hmm. That being said, you know, it was, you know, it was a relatively traumatic childhood and there was a lot of issues in that house mostly related to kind of my younger adopted sister and so between just you know a natural predisposition and lifelong struggle with clinical depression and then you know you know a history of some tra- emotional trauma in the household because of this other individual And then just adoption itself, it is a little bit hard to unpack, like, which of the, you know, what's the adoption versus just this living Mm -hmm. situation versus just, you know, who I am. I tend to, you know, I think every person is an amalgamation of nature and nurture. You know, both things make Mm -hmm. a person. But, you know, I, I, I do pace a much stronger emphasis on nature over nurture. And, you know, I think part of that is just kind of having the experience of just growing up with a very, you know, emotionally troubled and, you know, just troubled individual as a sister and like, you know, there were not people that were more equipped or committed to like having this turn out well. And there were not, there were not resource, there were not uh, like outside resources, you know, between counseling therapy, medication, you know, there was a lot of time effort, you know, and financial resources into put into that specific individual and none of like, it really didn't change any type of outcomes so
3: mm-hmm.
0: unfortunately yeah, so i mean sure. i don't i don't think the adoption itself had that much going for it i mean i guess one thing you know and a thing ellie was saying that i really agree with is there is a strong feeling you know there is a strong feeling of kind of conditions in the familial relationship of, you know, I hear, you know, I hear or read about, you know, a mother or a kid and like talking about like unconditional love. And we just automatically had this connection and like you could never not care about your people. And I guess mm-hmm. I never I've never felt that or experienced it with my family mm. because like I, you know. I, you know, I didn't get to choose my family, but, like, they did choose me. (laughs) And, you know, Mm -hmm. in some sense, I'm, you know, coming up with to the good expectations. Like, am I a good investment? Was I a good outcome? Was I worth Mm -hmm. it? You know, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess... You know I think there has been I bet I guess uh, you know in my earlier 20s there was a lot of resentment I did work through dealing with that and also realizing that you know that was way more about you know that was way more on me and happening on my side than anything that was like you know actually really there
1: so going on to just kind of based on your experiences and everything um I hear a lot about just kind of in... I'm in an adoption support group on Facebook just to kind of get some feelers about different people's experiences and everything. And Eric and I had mentioned, I think, in our first episode of the um, percentage of, like, men versus... or boys versus girls, like, at a young age that are adopted, and it's obviously much fewer for uh, boys being adopted, actually. Just with that said, being, you know... Now an adult that is, uh, you know, a full functioning adult that has gotten through clearly like the open adoption and everything like that's a lot to experience, you know, in your lifetime. Do you have any, I guess, advice for either like we kind of talked with Ellie about either kids that are kind of going through some of these things, especially maybe in your situation with open adoption? Would you have any pieces of advice for kids or, you know, 20 somethings that are going through that?
0: Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I guess like one of the, you know, as I guess speaking to the open adoption, I think you have to, you know, I think the way my parents, you know, I, I would not change anything about the way my parents, you know talked about it or processed that you know from an age i could kind of understand it was made clear that like you know you came from you know somewhere else and you're you know you're our family you know (laughs) but there are these other people you know and like birth you know just having a very limited controlled environment and then at the same time you know Waiting till an age that I think is appropriate for a person, you know, an individual to make their own decisions about whether they want to pursue it or not. I do think, like, I personally felt at, you know, I've always been a more emotionally mature... I've always been more emotionally mature than my age. So I don't know if, like, you know, at 17 or 18, if every 17 or 18-year-old is... Could have been in a could have been in the right place to meet them, or even just weigh the decision to right. meet them, you know. But I I think it's about where, more where you're at than you know a, a specific number. I do think like with the pervasi- with the pervasiveness and the interconnectedness of the internet, mm. I think you know, you know, in hindsight, I probably would not have allowed you know if i was if i was my parent i wouldn't have allowed me to connect on facebook cuz you know i don't know i think that kind of that turns a kind of very controlled steady stream yeah. of a limited interaction to just like you know an infinite well of the internet
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know there's there's no there's no like putting the genie back in the bottle mm-hmm. after like you know that connection is made so But I mean, I guess that's kind of the advice I would give on that. And, you know, I guess beyond that in general with, you know, just boys or men in adoption, you know, I would, I guess I would really advise, you know, parents of adopted males to make sure, you know, to check in emotionally and make sure they're getting the support and resources they need, make sure, you know counseling and support is available if necessary and just for boys like you know talk talk about your feelings you know i think
2: i love that yes
0: yeah i guess that's the main things i would say
2: I think feelings for men is something that is just supposed to be hidden all the time. So that is a huge thing that I would definitely recommend for anyone adopted or not to just really express, allow it to be okay. And I think we're getting to that point where it's more common, but I love that advice because it's a huge one that is a game changer for everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I just like the the idea, I think the dynamics and emotional complexity that can be at play unmuted. in adoption scenarios i think that I think the gravity and the complexity of them can significantly outweigh the development of like kids, adolescent, and teenagers and mm-hmm. like. I think your parents always want to be the people... Your birth parent Or your adopted parents always want to be the people that you can, like, talk to and deal with them. But, you know, they're not always the right people to, you know, bring that up with. So, you know, having an outside resource and a, a place to express those and unpack them is I think is important. Agreed.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. So then just going into... um Since, you know, you guys are obviously a couple, just kind of to discuss that a little bit, we haven't had a chance to have um, a married couple that have both been adopted in some sense. So uh, just kind of give us a little, you know, fun little tidbits about your relationship, if you don't mind. Um, I guess just kind of starting off, like, how you guys met, like, how long you've been together and um, how long you've been married. So we've been together...
3: (laughs) Going on three years. Yeah, it was highly millennial. So we met through an an app, because that's what the kids do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and I, you know, like it wasn't any, I don't think we advertised on our profiles that, you know, like, I'm from a non traditional family Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that was kind of an interesting revelation in the getting to know process.
1: When did that it come was, up? Yeah, it was kind of weird. And, like, how? Was it when you were still just, like, on a chat, or was it when you met? It was definitely after we met.
3: Um, I mean, it came up pretty soon. You know, when there's questions about, like, tell me about your family. Mm-hmm. Do you have mm-hmm. any brothers or sisters? That's probably when to happened. Like, if you asked me if I had had any brothers or sisters, because I—that's my whole—I gave you my whole spiel. Like, I have two older half brothers. I have one older adopted brother.
0: <laughs> so, either you're, either that, or it's like whenever we talked about like whether you were interested in your kids or not.
3: That's true. That's
0: another context it more than likely could have come up in.
3: We did have that conversation really early really? for like a dating situation. Well, yeah, because, like... Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we were... I mean, we were just talking, or... I I don't... I don't know. Let's just say I was saying, what about kids? Do you have any? Probably. <laughs> that's probably it. Do you have any hidden kids? <laughs> and so it came... I bet you that's how it started. Oh, and my goodness. And so in that conversation, you know, I, I remember i I at least remember me saying I would be more interested in adopting kids versus conceiving children, and
0: yeah, and i was I was pretty outright like there's there is a very minimal of any interest in children ever, and like the only way I could ever have kids is like adopt them if I ever got to that place. interesting, you know. I I actually I actually felt then and I guess feel now like a little bit of a moral imperative of like, you know, in paying it forward in the balance of the universe, you know, and, you know, as a kid who like won the, you know, adoption lottery and got pulled out of yes. incredibly <laughs> intense hardship and systems of abuse or you know, religious nuttery, or who knows what else I could have been exposed to. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, there's a moral obligation to, you know, give another kid a lottery ticket if I want to, versus just bringing, you know, more more too many people in the world.
3: And that's when I knew. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That is yeah, too I funny. think that's probably pretty verbatim. Of how that conversation went
2: So once you guys found out you were both adopted Did you feel connected in a different type of way? Yeah well I did I definitely was like oh he kind of
3: gets it And I kind of get him in a very specific Mm -hmm. way
0: Well I mean I think You know I think one of I think for me like There's always been a fundamental connection Of like Feeling feeling a little bit like an outsider or not part of any thing. And then at the same time, having the experience of having to, you know, at different times in different family situations kind of be, you know, the emotional rock or thing that like is holding everything together as it's like chaos and crazy around us. That was, you know, so I think when adoption came up, that was it, for me. It wasn't. I didn't feel more connected. I feel like I had more information. I'm like, oh, this is why we vibe on these things. Kind of more vaguely. It, I guess it filled in a more specific picture.
3: Yeah, interesting. interesting. <laughs> it was just weird. It was that, like, yeah. what are the freaking odds of that? But. Mm-hmm. And then I met your aunt, and your aunt was like, does she know you were adopted? I love when people That's say funny. it like that, where it's like, it does I know? It. It's like, okay. Well, she was very excited. She's like, you guys have that connection. Did he tell you he was adopted? I was oh. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've connected on that. That was really cute. That's so cute. <laughs>
2: Do you feel like... So you've had the connection feeling, but do you feel like adoption has affected your relationship at all in negative ways or even other positive ways?
3: You know, speaking frankly from my perspective, you know, I have brought some negative things in from that kind of... Well, let's just call it trauma. From that trauma. Sure. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I think... More like trust, or just fear of that abandonment, or is it kind of a mix? Yeah, I
3: mean both of those for sure. I mean we've had we've had you know ongoing conversation about trust since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I definitely grew up with the concept of it's just you know a breath away before the rug kind of gets yanked out mm-hmm. you know don't really put too much stock in any one person or thing because as soon as you do like you won't have it anymore mm. and I, sure. I think that's absolutely something that's been wrestled with and you know continues to get better but is still an ongoing process
0: I think I think for me the you know, it's, you know, is it adoption per se or is it, you know, the scripts and narrative I inherited from my specific birth parents? But I think the way it really, mm-hmm. you know, it rears an ugly head in our relationship for me is I think it's less about trust. or I think it's less about trust and more about, you know, for lack of a better way to say it like martyrdom like my my father especially was you know he he's really he he really worked up a strong narrative about all the sacrifices and things he could have done or done with his life in his life that he did it for love or like family, and I think that like You know, especially in times that, you know, Ellie's dealing with, you know, struggling with trust or faith, you know, I think that brings out the like, well, I sacrifice so much Mm. for this like relationship. And like, you know, and I I think it goes back to what I was saying before, of like, I don't know what unconditional love is, is like relationship merit, like even in this, like it's. I'm trying to make, like, the conditions and the terms more specific because that's my understanding of that type of relationship.
2: It makes so much sense, though. I mean, the way you are raised truly affects how you are as an adult, how you love, how you see different things. I mean, even in my relationship, we go back and forth with things like that, too. But it's just so interesting how just to see his perspective on that of reasons why maybe that has been an issue before. It's not how he's thinking of it for you. It's just, he's never had that experience.
3: Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of, it's interesting to come from like the same place, but different.
2: Is it hard because you kind of know what they're feeling in a sense? So you give them like benefit of the doubt, if that makes sense. Like, it's okay, you feel this way a little bit now. I kind of understand it, so I'll let you... I don't know, I don't really... I don't know too much about your relationship, deep-wise, but... Um, does that make sense? Yeah,
3: yes. Like, I don't know, no. I... It's just so odd... to kind of look in a mirror... Almost, mm-hmm. yeah. I
0: think, you know, I think, and I guess we highlighted like two like negative sides. To highlight like mm-hmm. a positive side, I think I like to think that we give each other much a much wider girth to be unreasonable or irrational at times. Because, like, we we understand, like, because there is, we we both have this experience of, you know, feeling like an outsider or abandoned or, you know, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's, it's, I think it's clear to us at times that, like, oh, Will is having a moment and, you know, I just need to, like, give him space and, like, hold him and, like, tell him it's, you know, it'll be fine, you know. So I think in some sure. ways, I think, like... I do think we're more strongly emotionally bonded and we're way more in tune with what's going on in each other than I would feel like we would otherwise. I mean, do you agree with that?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, because specifically like I don't I don't believe strongly secured People, you know, the typical individual born into a nucleus family, and they've never had to question whether or not they're worthy. And I mean, to be able to like go to Will and in my half broken you know, uncomprehensible way. I, I don't have to be so explicit in where I'm coming from. Like I can just be like, I feel poopy and like, I, you know, here's a vague reason why, and, you know, it's, we're able to put the dots together most of the time, <laughs> you know, of like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's like, it's that moment. and, I don't know if I would be very successful at all. It would take an eternity to figure out how to put in words for someone who's not felt that before. You sure. know. I don't know. At least that's my my perspective anyway. That's a good way to put it.
1: Hmm. Erica, do you have any other questions? No. You guys have any other things you wanna um I guess? top things off with, or I guess even any questions for us at all? Um, I I mean, I don't think I've ever asked
3: you. No, I mean, I know Erica wants to have a bajillion children, or maybe just, like, two. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely just two. (laughs) And, like, Risa, I think we're on the same page of, like, we're not birthing babies. Yeah. Like, adoption's on the table. Right. But not, like... A necessity. Yeah,
1: I'm kinda yeah, you and I are definitely kind of on the same page there. I think and I kinda go along with Will with like it's kind of the ultimate paying it forward and also like millennials in general where people are having children less anyway, but I'm like it's better for the planet. (laughs) I'm just like, so if I can do this, this is my way to kind of also help. But it's like I think I've always been I don't have necessarily the natural draw inside of me that's like i need to be a mother it's like personally the only natural draw is like i would want to adopt that for me pulls so much harder than anything just to do with motherhood it's like it's not just i want to be a mom it's like i would want to be guardian or you know in however way like whatever if it were to be like Fostering or something like that where the kid, if it, if they weren't even comfortable calling me mom or something like that, it's like, it's not the act of being a mom. Mm-hmm. It's like, being the figure is cool, you know, but it's like mostly being able to kind of do that for another person and just like, like Will said, you know, giving the lottery ticket to another kid and just like being able to do that for someone else is just like, that's where most of it comes from for me personally. So you and I are on the exact same page. <laughs> I just think it's, I think it's really cool that,
3: you know, like, coming from similar situations, obviously you three have more closely related, like, experiences or whatever, but, you know, it's not like, I don't know, it's not set in stone what you will or will not do. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I just, Mm -hmm. I like the idea of paper and, like, how you can like write on it but you can also fold it and like i just mm. like that people are that way too like that's really interesting there's not any one set story but there's divergent timelines
0: yeah i mean for me i just i just think they're you know reflecting you know even in you know the one of the most optimal best outcome like adoption you know, situations that I I went through and, you know, it's like one in a thousand end up the way I did in like a safe, like an actually just safe and, you know, house that could actually, you know, provide, you know, my basic needs of like food and shelter and care. But I mean, I just, even in that perfect situation, like what you were saying, Elliot, just like, it takes a village, like There are so many cool, interesting, like, teachers and librarians and, like, scoutmasters and drama directors that, like, have, you know, helped me make make who I am. And I think there's plenty of ways to be involved in, like, kids' lives and give back that don't involve this very, like, I need to be your parent and have dominion Mm. over you and, you know put you in your house or whatever so I mean I'm you know that's that's the type of community and like giving back I'm think I'm more interested in than you know becoming a specific parent to an individual biologically Mm
3: -hmm. or
0: legally mandated by the government
3: sure -hmm. yeah so we'll just come visit Erica's kids (laughs)
0: Perfect. <laughs> we we have Disney Plus now. We don't need to borrow kids to see Pixar movies in theaters anymore. Yes! we just get them in <laughs> <on> our couch.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I think that Erica. Any other questions or anything? Nice. Right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate your additional um, points of view and uh, all of that. So this is this was great. Good luck on collecting more Thank you information
3: oh, for your doctoral dissertation. <laughs> I expect it in <laughs> ten years.
1: <laughs> Noted. Okay, the clock starts
2: now. <laughs> well thank you, love, love you, you guys. guys. Thank you.
3: Bye Have friends. Good
2: evening. Yes. I didn't um I've never met anyone who's had an open adoption, so that was really interesting to me because I couldn't imagine getting birthday cards or things throughout your entire life like it's it's in your life want it or not so that's a really interesting perspective that he had And Ellie's situation is completely different of course than most adopted you know Situations but yet it all ties back to how we feel how we are as a community So I really just loved hearing their story Well, right, and
1: I think it also, it was really cool to talk about their relationship with it, just the fact that it has kind of grown them closer, and I think it just Mm -hmm. kind of confirmed, I don't know, it's like, because you and I are, I think, much closer because of that, and we're closer with Ellie because of that. It's like, that is such a special bond that people have, and obviously, that's what's brought you and I to where we're at with the podcast. Totally. So, obviously, with uh, coronavirus, it's kind of putting a damper on uh, recordings and everything, so... We're having to do a lot of adjusting right now. So (laughs) Um, I don't know. Things with everyone and everything, it's just been a lot more chaotic than usual. But uh, we're still trying to make sure that we're bringing you new topics Uh, soon to come. You know, we want to do some more uh, with just Erica and myself um, to cover some topics. I would really like to do a episode about adoption in the media so i'd really like to put out some feelers on our social media here soon um just to see what people have for us that we can catch up on or things that maybe we've seen already or read or things like that um so stay tuned for that
2: And we are super excited because we just ordered our first round of merch. So anyone who wants, you know, a sweater, a shirt, a polo, the list is endless of what we can get for anyone. All sizes are available. All colors are available. Definitely go to our Instagram, our Facebook, at Colombian Influence, and just check out what we have so far We are really excited to be expanding our brand in a different way. And to just celebrate that, we did give away three of our tank tops to our winners. So shout out to you guys. We really appreciate all the support and love. Soon we'll
1: get some of those. Uh,
2: Once we get those up, we'll make sure that people are um, posting those
1: on our social media. So tag us in your photos once you get those. We're super pumped. Um, Pretty soon here also, we are going to do a sticker sale so that's for, um, you know, small-ish, like, circular stickers that have our logo on them. We're going to be doing it as a fundraiser for a Udemy. And again, that's the orphanage that Erica and I came from. Part of our grant, when we got the um, the money from the grant, we decided we really wanted to give back. So we're going to be able to put um, $100 of that money towards the, towards the Udemy, but we want to grow that with your help. So we will have a sticker, f- uh, a sticker sale sometime over the next few weeks, so look out for that as well. Otherwise, as per usual, just follow, like, subscribe. Um, we're soon to be uh, having a website as well as a Twitter, so um, look out for some news there. Until next time, later. Bye. Ba- no.